Welcome to Peppershock Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now, here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media and founder of the marketingexpedition.com and community. And today I have a special guest. I have Margie. Margie, I want to say it right because my grandma's name is Margie. So I have to make sure I say Margie because that's the way it's pronounced. Anyway, Margie, she is the co-founder of Interview Connections, the first and leading podcast booking agency. And Margie and her business partner, Jessica, led an in-house staff of 13 employees in their Rhode Island office and have successfully scaled the agency to seven figures. That's so awesome. Margie joined the company in 2016 as a contractor and became the first employee in 2017 and equal co-owner by 2018. That's a quick progression there. <laughs> yes, and she has helped to quickly scale the business by designing and implementing systems to increase revenue streamline operations and achieve the highest quality client experience. Margie has taken on the creative role in the agency as well, co-hosting and producing podcasts and video content for the company. She's active in animal rescue, which we'll have to talk about that, and organizes a yearly fundraiser called Art for Animals. And in 2019, she was recognized for her efforts with the Humane Heroes Award. And when she's not busy rescuing pets in need, you can find her listening to true crime podcasts. Ooh. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Margie. So glad to have you today. Thank you so much for having me, Ray. So, okay, first things first, let's talk about the Art for Animal project, and then we can get into, you know, podcasting and podcast guesting and all that. But tell me a little bit about the Animal Rescue Project that you do, the Art, art for Animals. Yes, I like your style. <laughs> that is, I mean, obviously love the business, so passionate about interviews, but Animal Rescue has been, since I was a little kid, like kind of my mission that I just knew that like that was kind of what I was meant to do for my impact in the world was to help animals. So I've been rescuing animals and taking home animals and convincing my parents to let me take in strays <laughs> forever. Um, and Art for Animals came out of, actually, we did this really cool personal and professional development curriculum, um, the Landmark curriculum, if anyone's heard of it. And the third part of that is the self-expression and leadership. And you design a project in your community to have a positive impact and you implement it. So I was a little bit surprised because I, I had a story about myself previous to this that I do not like events. I am not an event planner, but I knew I wanted to raise money for animals, specifically um, a group called Defenders of Animals who I, I had a personal tie with. And I was also an art major. I did art for a long time. I thought I was going to be a professional artist. So the two things really came together in creating this event, which we now, we were supposed to have our third one this year. It's going to be a virtual fundraiser instead. But it was incredible. And I put out, you know, posters for artists and it went really well. I had so many local artists donate animal themed art awesome. and it ended up being really fun and the highest grossing fundraiser event in the history of that group. Oh, wow. And you know, our listeners can't see this beautiful painting behind you, but I just recognize and realized it's a puppy. Oh my God. Yes. 
So is this that is from art, art for animals. Art yes. For animals. So, so the, for our listeners, it's just this nice, beautiful piece of artwork that has a, a pup, a puppy on it. Right. And, and anyway, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. I can see how animals are a big part of your life. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just backtrack a little bit. You mentioned, you know, growing up, you wanted to have pets in the, in the business, but, or I mean, in the home, but let's, let's kind of backtrack. So, so kind of tell me we're on a marketing expedition We're we're going through our journey, our path. What got you to where you are now? Like what kind of got you to this path? That's a great question. Um, it's definitely been a journey. I started out, I was very entrepreneurial from a young age. I, <laughs> was always looking for ways to make money, which at the time I think kind of horrified my parents. Cause like at one point I was probably like four and I came home from school with money, which is like always a red flag. Cause if you didn't give your kid money, like why do they have money? Right. Um, and they were like, how do you have that money? And I was like, Oh, you know, so, um, I knew something that Brandon wanted to know. So I said, okay, like if you give me $5, I'll tell you. And they were like, she's selling secrets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they were a little freaked out by that. I also at four or five organized a strike, a peaceful protest of PE class because they didn't like it. So <laughs> was, was leading and selling from a young age, not all positive, but um, yeah. 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 And then I heard you actually, I listened to an episode of your show and I think you talked about doing a solo trip to South Korea. You said I did. Yeah. That is so cool. So much respect for solo travel. I've not done a big solo trip, but I did do some traveling. Um, the one that I did, well, I guess this was kind of solo. I studied abroad in Europe in college and there was a few big, like pivotal moments in my life that really shaped me as a person and business owner. And I really agree with when you were talking with your previous guest about that. And I think part of it is just like that kind of childlike wonder that you get from being in a new culture you don't know, right. where you have that presence and that joy that kids have because you're back there. So that was definitely a big part of it. So I related to that, that travel right. piece. Yeah, yeah, I know that was definitely the first time I'd gone abroad at any time. And it, yeah, it definitely opens your eyes to new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things and discovering things that you just didn't even knew existed, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the positive transformation stuff was the traveling. Mm -hmm. I also had events in my life that, you know, would probably be called negative, but they really did shape me into who I am now. And that is, I think, the silver lining of everything challenging, which I hope people find comforting this year because I know it's a challenging year. But I, when I was living in Taiwan, actually, for two years as an English teacher, um, my dad died suddenly by suicide and I'm an only child. We were really, really close. So in kind of an instant, my whole life fell apart and I was living on the other side of the country. So that was like the next big step in becoming an entrepreneur is having to like really lead my family, myself and my mom through that situation, like planning the memorial. My parents, I grew up in a hoarded house. So I had been planning to clean up their house. I was like, all right, I'm taking control of this yeah. before he died. And then when he died, I moved home and I continued with the project. I spent five months all day, every day, hiring the right professionals, cleaning, wow. sorting. I became an expert in organizing and hoarding cleanup because I had to. And that really, the house project was kind of my first business. Wow. That's 
phenomenal that you could make lemons out of lemonade, really. I mean, that's just, I'm glad that you were able to get through that and do that and, and apply that and talk about that. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing, for sure, for sure. Yeah, thank you. And I think you get from those experiences the type of resilience that you really need as an entrepreneur. Yeah, right. I mean, in our experiences always will, you can continue to draw back on them. And, you know, we mentioned our, uh, my, my grandma, you know, you said that because my grandma's name is Margie and you're Margie, right? And so mm -hmm. then, we, you know, my other grandma's little Lucille and it instantly just gave me, you know, um, oh, you know, ideas of things that they taught, they teach you over the years, right? And, and, and it does, it gives you those experiences and you learn those lessons. And, and I'm sure that um, there's lots of experiences that you had with your dad that you can forward that were positive right and oh yeah oh yeah that's good very cool yeah I um I was gonna say too when you were um talking about traveling and just getting the experiences from another country um it just kind of also came to my mind the one thing that I learned when I was in South Korea um that I hadn't experienced before was uh when I went to the hotel room um there you had to use the key card to activate the room to turn it on and I couldn't figure out how or what buttons to turn the lights off in the room. So I, you know, dismantled the, I took out the key card, but then I needed to still plug in my alarm clock and just other the things. And so I actually screwed the, unscrewed the light bulbs because I couldn't figure out how to turn the lights off because it was in a different language. Anyway, mm -hmm. lots of little things that you learn <laughs> in other different, you know, scenarios that you aren't always uh, aware of or, or part of. So I'm glad that you got to have those opportunities and that's where your path is now. So, so like, okay, fast forward a little bit. How did you, how did you meet Jess? What, what happened with Jessica? Did you, you know, you said you worked with her as a contractor. Tell me a little bit about that process and what happened there. Yeah, that was a very interesting unfolding. I think it's amazing to like look back and see how things unfold because at the time it feels so random. But so Jess and I, when I got out of college, um, I had this great study abroad experience. I was an art and Latin major. I was a double major, which my mom liked to say I was doubling my chances of being unemployed, <laughs> which I am. I'm a art major. Well, you know, hey, yeah. I think art, there, there's definitely a place for artists in this world. <laughs> yes, there is a place for artists in this world. But when I graduated, I could not get a job because it, I didn't, I hadn't done an internship. I didn't have a major that people were really hiring out of for, you know, solid jobs with career pro progression. So I found a job on Craigslist, which was going door to door for the environment. And I was like, I like the environment. Like, yeah. what, what could go wrong? So <laughs> door to I, door. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> See where this could be going. <laughs> yeah. So I show up for my interview and Jess was actually the person who interviewed me. So I'm 22 and she's like 23 at this point. We're both pretty fresh out of college. Yeah. And so we talk about cats the whole interview. I get the job. And the way like door-to-door -door sales works is like it, the quotas are very tight, especially with a nonprofit. So you get the job, but really you get hired on for like a trial period where you have to hit these numbers in mm -hmm. order to actually get the job. And then you're always at risk, which a normal person wouldn't like. I kind of thrive on that type of pressure. Yeah. Hey, challenge, um, challenge, rise to the occasion, right? Yeah. And I loved door to door sales. I wouldn't do it anymore because, you know, walking around for five hours, knocking on doors in all weather is not my speed oh, yeah. when you can, right. you can make more money sitting at your computer now, which is great. Yeah. But it was amazing. I learned so much about 
sales and mindset and entrepreneurship. And I connected with Jess. So we worked together for about nine months and then I still had the travel bug. I was planning to move to Asia so that I could experience that culture and teach English. So we kind of went our separate ways. I went to Asia for two years. She, you know, got married and had kids mm -hmm. and we were still connected on Facebook. Although I, we, I wasn't like seeing her posts, you know what I mean? Like we weren't right. connected, connected. So I didn't really know what she was doing, but I posted when my dad died because I was in Taiwan, my mom went and stayed with a friend for obvious reasons. She didn't want to be in the house. She was upset, but there was a bunch of pets, most of whom I had brought home like previously who were living with my parents. And so I desperately needed people to go to my mom's house and pick up pets to take care of them for a month until I could get back to the U S because they had to do tax stuff um, before I could move home. Right. And Jess was one of those people who replied to my Facebook post and she was like, oh, we just lost our cat. Like I can, I can foster a cat for you. And so we didn't even know each other that well. We had just worked together. Like we yeah. hadn't been friends. And I was very touched that this kind of random former colleague from like a job that felt like a million years ago would like drive to my mom's house during such a dark and vulnerable time and like pick up a cat, which is very just, she is like, she shows up for you. She is a doer. Um, and it was just awesome. So after that we stayed connected because she was sending me updates of the cat who they ended up adopting and still have. Um, and that's how we reconnected. And then it was because we were connected that I saw her Facebook post about looking for contractors. And I had decided a couple of days before I had like learned about remote work for the first time. And then two days after hearing about it and being like, I want that, I see her post hiring for remote contractors. So I'm hearing like the Twilight Beautiful. Zone music. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Actually, so I, I'm going to say just something. I interviewed another person, and um, so Eric Qualman, mm -hmm. author, and he says, Flossom, that's just Flossom. <laughs> Let's be Flossom, right? I thought, oh, that's that's a good little term to coin there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so now, fast forward, you're growing this company. You're working with Jess. You're making, you know, all kinds of recommendations and trainings and, and all kinds of things for podcast guesting. Let's talk a little bit more about kind of what you're doing, what path you're on now uh, and how you're marketing your business and how people are coming to know about interview connections. Yes. So um, it's kind of meta because one of the primary ways we market our business of getting people as on podcasts as guests is by Jess and I being guests on podcasts. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually, so we grew the business from zero to seven figures with no paid ads just organically because we were getting out there as guests on podcasts. So that was a big part of it. Now we're at multi seven and we are doing paid ads. We started in 2020, but still, I mean, doing four or more appearances each on other people's podcasts every single month. Right. Well, and you know, 2020 is kind of the year that you're double down, doubling down on digital, right? Yeah. And and so this is the year to to really uh, take advantage of what's out there to do digital advertising. So are you on Facebook? Are you on Insta? Or what what is it that you're doing when you say that you're placing ads? 
Yep. So we run Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, and it's been really, really cool. This is, it's been, it's been cool to learn a new strategy. We have, you know, we're working with professionals who do, we are not DIYing our ads because we know enough to not DIY stuff that we're not an expert in. Um, but it's been really, really exciting to grow our network through Facebook ads and meet all these cool entrepreneurs and bring them into our community and develop relationships with them and work with them. So I've, I've loved the Facebook ads. There's been a learning curve, even having someone else do it and figuring out what was a good fit for us. And we also, you know, we have a free Facebook group, as you know, that you're a member of. And so we run our ads to register for masterclasses and events that we have. And then, you know, they have to join the Facebook group. So that was something to figure out because there was a two-step process and you can't have an ad run right to joining a group. So figuring that out has been pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. And and so just mention the group name for everyone so they can the go guest like expert it. profit lab. The guest expert profit lab. Yeah, and it's been fun to be a part of this group and you know, like you said, it's free. You can, you know, join as a member and learn all kinds of fun things that you guys are putting out there. Um and and you know, adding value, but yet, you know, still is using it as kind of a, a way to then uh allow people to utilize your services long term. And and so I think it's a great strategy to to do that. And your group is growing. I, I I'm yeah. it's growing exponentially, right? I mean, how many members do you have in your group now? I would have to check. I think around 3000 or more. I've also been very impressed with Facebook ads to grow like the size of the Facebook group and to grow our email list because we organically had our email list growing, you know, through opt-ins and through people who heard us on face our on podcast interviews. But I've been amazed with since we've started running Facebook ads, how fast our email list is growing as well. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's another like because you have to reach people 11 to 13 times now because there's just so much out there. It used to be five to seven. Now it's 11 to 13 times different ways to have them hear your brand, hear your name, hear your group name, hear you who you are before they even acknowledge that they've Oh, yeah, I know what that's all about. I've heard of, you know, I've heard of interview guest podcasting before. What's, what's, you know, and, and so those are all tactics that you're having to do. And I'm glad that you're, you know, using, you know, advertising to help with that, to make that happen and, and you know, you know, continue to make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think for 2021 and, and beyond? What are some things that you guys have in the works that you think you're going to do to, to help grow your, your community? That's such a great question. I mean, in some ways, more of the same. We are a very, very niche business. And because we focus on podcast guesting and really no other aspects of PR, we are so good at it. Yeah. So so staying in our niche and continuing to elevate the experience for our clients, a big change that has happened this year is adding even more support and strategy for our clients because we realized that it's such a new strategy for so many people that you don't just want to like give them the bookings and be like, good luck. Like we want, we don't just want people on podcasts. We want people successfully monetizing the strategy. So looking at adding more and more ways that we can support our clients, create a community where they're supporting each other and working with each other, and also making sure that they're crystal clear on how they're monetizing. And it evolves, you know, you're doing four 
podcasts a month, every month for, you know, multiple years, your messaging is going to evolve naturally. The strategy might evolve. The audiences you're targeting might start to evolve or might start to niche down. So providing, being really in lockstep with our clients through that process so that they're making the most of it. Right. And one of the episodes that I watched was monetizing your podcast, right? Monetizing the mic. And I'm very interested in that because we've been doing this podcast now for a few years and just, you know, free, haven't had it sponsored or endorsed or anything like that. But now that we're getting some traction and getting people to listen and, and, you know, wanting to listen to it. um, And I've actually been approached to say, Hey, how can I, you know, sponsor your show? And I'm like, okay, now, now we're here, we've arrived. And, and so that was really um, good to listen to how people go about monetizing the mic. And that's where we're at now. And, and so, yeah, what, what, what's uh, like the first step that you would tell people if you want to monetize the mic? The biggest thing for, well, first of all, congratulations for like being approached (laughs) by sponsors. That's really cool. You have a great show and it takes a lot of commitment and like having real good content to get to that point. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. Our I, feel, expertise- I feel like I finally arrived. Like I finally like, Oh yeah. Okay. Now, now we, we were doing this for a reason. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You yeah. have definitely arrived. I will say that my expertise is monetizing being a guest more right. so than having your own show. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you could really use the strategies for either way because the path of least resistance for any appearance is to get clients. So if you're interviewing people who are ideal clients on your show, and then they're like, wow, this person's amazing. Let's schedule a call outside. Obviously that's a very direct route to monetization Mm -hmm. for your show. And it's the same with guesting. So our clients are mostly online service-based business owners and they get so many clients from their interviews that that is primarily where their ROI is. And a lot of that comes from not just the audience, but the host. Right. We have a lot of clients who have the hosts either become clients of theirs or they become partners or they get into an affiliate relationship and they see a lot of monetization really easily that way. Yeah, that's, that is uh, definitely some steps and stages that I want to, you know, figure out and go through and, you know, what does it mean to charge somebody to sponsor the show and vice versa? Like if I'm on a show, yeah. So all the fun things that we're, we're working on and figuring out. So I love what you guys are doing to be able to provide value and listen. And, and if people out there that are listening that have thought about wanting to be a guest on a podcast, right? I mean, tell them the process. What are, what, what should they do to work with you? Yeah. So to be a guest, you don't have to overthink it because I do think sometimes people have a tendency to say like, okay, I need to have a perfect online presence and I have to have all these complex funnels set up. You don't need that. You should have a website and like a good professional online presence because obviously if a host is getting a cold pitch and doesn't know you, they're going to want to check out your website, check out who you are and get an idea of that. Um, We make one sheets for our clients, which are really helpful. And it's just a simple PDF with the headshot, your bio to introduce you on the show, suggested topics and questions, which we work with our clients to develop because you want the topics and questions to bring out your best stories and to be messaged directly at your target audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that in place, you've got that clarity on what your goals are for podcasting, who your target audience is, you've got your one sheet, then it's a lot of legwork. 
So it's a lot of show research to find which shows are going to be a good fit and then outreach, pitching those shows. And obviously you want to pitch more shows than you actually need to book because not every show is going to say yes to you. Sometimes you might not hear back. Sometimes they might be full, you know, for months, especially right now. Right. Because everyone's doing podcasts now, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We upped our game too. I mean, we were posting once a month and then it was like bi-weekly and now we're every Thursday. Like it's become more and more and it's just growing. And I, I think I, I thought originally when the pandemic was happening, when we were all quarantined, that no one was driving. And so I thought, oh, well, they're not going to commute. So now they're not, maybe podcasts won't be listened to as much, but the exact opposite has happened. More people are listening during the quarantine and more people are doing them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and for you, like, um, I really like and appreciate when we book somebody that you've sent our way because it's so easy for the host to then just be able to have the bio, have all of the information right there, have some suggested questions to ask. I love that with what you guys do because then I can, you know, tailor what I'm doing and have those suggested questions out there. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about some more success stories. Like how, who have you helped? How have you helped them? What have you done? Tell me something like awesome that's happened. Okay. We have almost 200 clients and we have daily clients messaging us like, oh my gosh, this happened. So uh, I'll pick a few favorites. Uh, our client, Eric Brotman, who I love him because we met him at a conference a few years ago when that when was- you could when go we, to conferences. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he just had the best mindset ever. And he is a financial planner. He's got a, you know, multi-seven figure financial planning firm, knows his stuff, but was totally new to new media and podcasting. And he, you know, he was talking to us at our booth and he's like, all right, I'm going to go all in on this. And he went all in on podcast guesting. And he, and then he started his own podcast. We helped him with that. And he's gone all in on it. And the results he's, he's seen have been incredible. He, he did like, you know, mainstream TV. He still does appearances, ah. which are awesome. People right. know him. He gets recognized like at the bagel shop, but <laughs> he's never gotten a single client for his firm from any TV appearances. And at this point, a third of his clients come from podcasting. Wow. A third. That's phenomenal. That's especially for financial planners. I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about that. Or, you know, maybe that's a not necessarily a, a, a topic that people want and love, you know, so so he's made it to where people want to listen to him. And I think that's great. Very yes. cool. Tell me, yeah. another, give me, give me another example. I love this. Okay. I love the stories. This is awesome. Yeah. And I love financial plannings and coaches and consultants, any, any service that's like high trust. It's so great for people to hear you on a podcast because they already know you, they get you, they trust you. So it's, it's such a great way to get clients. Whereas if they just saw an ad, Mm -hmm. The trust might not be there. So I'll, I'll switch industries. We have incredible friends and clients, Jack and Michelle Bosch, who are real estate investors, and they also own a really great education business within real estate. Um, we have known them for a while, and they got, I think, $150,000 in revenue in one year from their guest appearances because they 
leveraged affiliate partnerships. So they asked every host to be an affiliate and not every host said yes. I mean, not, you know, but enough of them said yes, that it became this huge revenue generator for them. So wait, the host is an affiliate to them. So if the host brings them business because of the podcast, then the host gets paid? Yes. Oh wow, that's that's great. Huh. Yes. Now, now maybe I need to interview them. We'll have to we'll have to see this. Maybe you'll have to send them my way and we can talk I, about that topic. That's great. I would love to. Oh. Yeah. It's really cool to see the different ways that different people in different industries are monetizing. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love the affiliates and, and like residual ongoing income. That's great. What mm-hmm. uh, is it? Um, you know, get paid while you're sleeping. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's good. Okay. So tell me, um, what are some tools or resources or maybe even other podcasts that you listen to or books that you've read something that our listeners can glean from like, Oh, I need to read that or look at that or listen to that. That's such a good question. So I guess I would have to narrow that down more because I've got like my tactical business books mm-hmm. or like personal development, which is kind of my personal favorite because usually if you're hitting a wall, it's not a tactics and strategy thing. It's a mindset thing. Right. Um, so I'm a big fan of like Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now is the book that like really changed my life and got me on the path to personal development. I also love like Abraham Hicks. Um, I listen to Abraham Hicks every single morning while I'm getting ready. And it, that's pretty transformational. Right. Consistency. That's good. And that that there's enough content there for every day too. Or are you re-listening to some, the same ones? So it's actually kind of a funny thing. I don't know who this person is, but there's a podcaster out there who takes audio from their YouTube in 15 minute clips and releases it on like three different shows. So he just keeps releasing these short. So sometimes there are repeats, but generally it's a lot of new content. So I I highly recommend if you just search Abraham Hicks in Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, you'll see like all three of his shows. Very cool. Well, that's, that's good. I like to uh, get new information and, and see, you know, check out other podcasts and listen to, and especially like if you go on road trips, right? Yeah. Like what are the ones that you already have automatically downloaded? Is there any others besides his? At this point, I listen to that and I listen to The Unstoppable Entrepreneur hosted by Kelly Roach. And really that's about it because my bio, I actually just updated it because we are now over 20 employees. It says 13. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. I, thank you. <laughs> you know, that, you know, congratulations are my condolences though. A lot of employees, you know, hey, that's a whole nother topic, but I get it. That's so cool. Yeah. We're, we have a really great team. We're very lucky. So no condolences that's luckily, awesome. but Um, so my favorite podcast is my favorite murder that that's my favorite podcast. I'm obsessed with them. I've seen them live. I love comedy. I love Karen. I love comedians. I actually stopped listening to all true crime and stopped consuming it in January of 2020 because, and I love them, nothing against them, but I felt that I needed to be more mindful about everything I was consuming and whether it was making me feel like good or bad, even in subtle ways, because I love like law of attraction. And I realized that listening to horrendous crimes, no matter how funny the hosts were, 
was making me feel kind of paranoid and not great. So I swapped that out with only listening to like uplifting personal development Mm -hmm. and then unstoppable entrepreneur, which is really great, like business stuff. And I, I really feel the difference and I see the difference in my life. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point to make too. Like if you're binging Netflix and you know, whatever show is on, if it's like heavy drama and you know, you can't sleep because it's like your adrenaline is going, or if you have something nice and calm and soothing Mm -hmm. and just, you know, those, those can make a huge impact on your, your heart health too, I imagine. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I'm someone, honestly, like, I, I love how so many successful entrepreneurs are like, I don't watch TV. I don't do this. I love TV. I love TV, but I am very mindful now about what I watch. And there's a lot of really positive content once you're looking for it from like inspiring docu-series to like, even like the Great British Baking Show on Netflix. It's like just delightful. Or Nailed It. Like we watched Nailed It. Did you, anyway. No, but I see the preview, so I'll check it out. (laughs) My kids liked it. Then So then we had to like reenact it and like we did a bake-off in our house and- of course, That's it didn't so go fun. as well as the show, but <laughs> That's nonetheless, awesome. we we still made cake and had fondant, Good. all this stuff. But um, yeah, no, it was it was super fun. Um, okay, so what's something that you accomplished that you are most proud of? I would say cleaning my parents' house. Because it was, um, it is. My mom still lives there. A six bedroom. I mean, it was crazy. It was like the side, I had a gigantic dumpster. People kept telling me it was impossible. Like you can't do it. You're going to burn out. And I didn't know anything about like hiring plumbers, hiring cleaners, like doing, I figured everything out. So I think that was it because I am a pretty neat person and growing up in a hoarded house was not a pleasant experience for me. Like it really stressed me out. And being able to finally conquer this thing that had always been this thing that felt impossible in my life, that was a negative thing that I didn't like, and being able to transform it, that is my biggest accomplishment. And I I think people expect it to be like the multi-seven-figure business, but that the business is almost an offshoot of that because it was that accomplishment that allowed me to really see what's possible. That's great. Oh, thank you so much for sharing and being so vulnerable and just allowing us to to know more about you and your, you know, experiences that have got you to this journey where you are. I just I think it's so awesome and I'm just so proud of what you guys are accomplishing and doing and you're, you know, you're crushing it, right? You are the only one that I know of that's really doing what you're doing. I mean, there's some others out there, but just doing what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I think it's just great for people to, to get to know more about what it is that you guys have to offer. Okay. So, so on that note, tell people exactly again, how they can get a hold of you, what, where they need to go, what they need to do in order to absorb what you are offering people. Yeah. So the best place would be the free Facebook group, the guest expert profit lab, which you can find at interviewconnections.com slash group. That is the best place for entrepreneurs to get free content. We are in there all the time. It's not a Facebook group where you just like get forgotten about and we pop in when we can. We are consistently doing 
trainings. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but we don't hold back. Like we're not like, we'll tell you a little bit, but if you want the rest, you have to work with us. We will tell you literally everything we know and everything we've learned in over seven years of booking interviews so that if you want, you can go out and do it yourself. Right. Right. But it's a lot more work if you're doing it yourself rather than hiring somebody. We know this for sure. Yeah. The DIYers, I get it. There's a place for that, but I also understand the value that you bring and and do. And I've had the cal, you know, the caliber and quality of people that you've sent to my show, so I can, I can uh, testify to that. So it's been great. So okay, one last question for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. How many how many pets do you have now? That's a good <laughs> question. I so I only have two pets now. Okay. I have a 17-year-old cat who was one of my early rescues. I got her when she was a couple weeks old. I was 14 and she was going to be euthanized at a local shelter where I was um, volunteering because she was sick and they didn't it was a city shelter. They didn't have the budget to treat her. And I was like, "Don't worry, my parents will pay for it." <laughs> They're like, "Thanks a lot." But um so I adopted her and her mother. I still have her. She's doing great. Aww. And then I just adopted, you know, a month and a half ago, a nine-year-old little five and a half pound poodle mix with no teeth who I am obsessed with. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And what's, what's his name? His name is Pasco. Oh, cute, 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 cute. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on this show and just sharing all of your inspiration and ideas and and tools and tips and resources, all the things. And um, I really appreciate taking the time to be on our show to do this. It's a privilege to me to get to have you on this show. So thank you, Marky. Thank you so much, Ray. This is awesome. And for our listeners, until next time, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at Peppershock.com. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.